the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. of that, a little bit of a teacher, a little bit of a pastor, a little bit of an inspiration, maybe a little bit of a nag, maybe a little bit of a provocateur, maybe a little bit of an expositor, I don't know, an adversary, um, I don't know, you 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 name the adjective, I try to actually be here to engage you with the benefits and the blessing and the privilege and the right of our freedom of speech and the modality of it being radio, which is just a wonderful, a wonderful vehicle of communication. What what a what a way for us to engage. I was just talking to my engineer uh, running the soundboard for this prestigious aircraft that we are flying over the airwaves. And I was uh, talking about the blessing of technology And uh, this is something I try to lay out before the people of God at grace, the tension that we need to hold, the tension between blessings and burdens, the tension between uh, the the goodness of God in our life and the precarious evil that surrounds our world. It's so important for the believer to have the balance between the two uh, simply because with a solid biblical worldview and a Uh, at least a bifocal prism of interpreting the matters that are before us, we can can understand goodness, can't we? We can understand that the Lord is good uh, and uh, his mercy endures forever. And all that men would praise him for his wonderful works, which he has done to the children of men abroad, not just for his people, not just for his church, not just for his elect, but for human beings, Period. David said the whole earth is filled with the mercy of God, and he's right about that. And then we're also looking at realities that people don't often want to deal with, and that uh, that is the reality of evil breaking out in our world under a number of specters, of which the most prominent today, right now, that becomes central in its uh in its impact and its global uh, control in a lot of ways is, is this matter of uh, the virus and, uh, and, and where we are at with regards to the virus on a psychological level, sociological level, economic level, uh, philosophical level, even a theological level for people who are integrating theology into their experience in life. We do know. We do know as a consequence of partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we live in that binary system. We live in the binary system of good and evil. We recognize the beauty of the spectrum that we are all on in relationship to it. But we recognize also that God made it very clear that because of that choice, the malevolent choice that our first parents made, and we happen to be within that matrix as well, we experience good and we experience evil. We experience temporal good and temporal evil, and uh, we also experience eternal good and eternal evil. And within the parameters of those two uh, syndromes, good and evil, um, you and I are are, uh, fit to be tied to understand what's going on in our world. So, that's what we try to do uh, every Monday, minimally. Uh, here we are, May 17th, 2021. And in a lot of ways, we're, we're trying to figure out what the next uh, 90 days are going to be like. I mean, are we going to actually enter into a, a really nice summer? Some of us at Grace are really working through. Will, uh, will, um, 
Will will life, reality, will the near future, the very near future, afford us an opportunity to gather together as we do yearly and have done for some 17, 18 years, just a prolific group of people that come out in the tune of two to 300 people, men, women, and children, and we frolic all over the fields of Heather Farms Park in, uh, in, in Concord. I was just out there today. You know, when you leave the Bay Area here from, uh, you know, and get past the fog and, and all of the overcast that we have as we do right now, and you go into the valley, that's a whole different world. Sun is out. Uh, people are, are um, just gleaming with joy. And I was at the park, you guys, just in case some of your ears are leaning into. Is it possible that GBC will get out there this year again with all of our kids and all of our food and all of our music? We love to come out there and uh, and jam for you guys, do some old school music, some jazz, some of our new contemporary stuff uh, and uh, just some fusion. That's what we do. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are chopping at the bits. But I, I do wonder, I do wonder. Uh, where people are going to be as we are uh, tossed often to and fro by the narrative in our media and by the vacillating instructions that seem to come from the Gestapo of uh, the CDC for people who think somehow that that is their imperative for life. Those marching artists that come from the CDC is really a problem, quite frankly, uh, because so many people, including those who are on the front line, are just uh, utterly curious as to why people just lockstep buy into the information that comes out of the CDC when in many cases it's actually not scientifically verified whatsoever. Um, and that's part of the thing I'm going to talk to you about today, the success of the truth. I want to welcome you again to the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gistan. What am I talking about? The success of the truth. Even when it is laughed at, the success of the truth, even when it's called conspiracy theory, the success of the truth, even when it's said to be unscientific, jeered at, mocked, cynically ridiculed, and even killed, that is by sinister and major narrative bias and being told that if you don't say exactly what the national narrative is, um, you know, uh, vis-a-vis Russia and Maoist uh, China, uh, then you are uh, you you are spreading false information. Uh, notwithstanding all of that, the truth in e- 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 the truth eventually emerges after three and a half days. Revelation chapter Revelation chapter three uh, Re- Revelation chapter eleven, if you will, uh, verse eleven lays out the fact that the two witnesses that were killed as they stood for the truth, the beast emerging up out of the pit made war against them, overcame them and killed them. And do you know what was happening when the truth gets smothered out, when it gets censored, when it gets shut down? The world that enjoys living away from, apart from, uh, extricated from truth, it rejoices. According to Revelation chapter 11, verse 9 and 10, what did they do? They laughed and rejoiced at those two witnesses, which tormented them, leveling the, the, the witness of the truth against them, were put to death. And they, they, they bought and sold, they bought gifts and sent them around the world and made it merry. Can you imagine the kind of attitude that exemplifies you guys when a world longs for a complete eradication of any narrative that opposes what it holds to? When the world longs for a a complete annihilation of a biblical worldview, when the world longs for getting rid of a God-centered, Bible-based interpretation of not only uh, the reality of the world, epistemology, but also the moral ethical framework of the world, righteousness, uh, can you imagine a world wanting to live completely in the state of having extinguished the extinction of the truth? Well, that is fundamentally the battle that you and I are fighting. And a lot of us know this. Historians know this. Professors know this. Writers and authors know this. Why? Because of what has happened many, many times over with cultures that have gone maximally socialist, Marxist, uh, in its attempt to reset and to start all over and to change the narrative and to get rid of those underlying tenets that basically frame uh, tradition and frame uh, interpretation and frame expressions of life. And that's 
That's what we're dealing with right now. But as I stated, now I want you to hear this clearly because this is basically going to be the gist of my exhortation before I take your phone calls. Truth will never, ever be utterly extinguished. Romans chapter one, verse 18 says that they continue to suppress the truth and unrighteousness, even though they know it because the truth is bearing record in them. The uh, verb form there in that text is that they unsuccessfully, they attempt, but they don't ever get the job done. So these temporary periods where uh, truth seems to be um, squashed, censored, uh, put on a reservation, shut down, or if you will, covered over with uh, a, a lie, put a, a dunce cap put on it and being told that somehow it's a contagion, it's a virus, it's a plague that you have to get rid of. Eventually that truth emerges. And this is what I'm going to talk about when it comes to Dr. Fauci, the big face that is heading up your CDC has uh, been met uh, fiercely and uh, effectively by Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. I'm going to give him credit now for pressing in. Now, you know, he's a doctor as well. And he has pressed in and he has pressed upon Fauci and he has really exposed Fauci for a number of things. Not only uh, not only Senator Rand Paul, but a number of senators who have been tracking with those of you who have been thinking properly about the way that you get at confusion, chaos, craziness, is to follow not just the money, but the agenda, and to follow the links, the correlations, the, the strands that connect together, the power brokers that, that s- supply the energy that drives the particular narrative agenda and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and policies that uh, we find ourselves instinctively aware is problematic. I know this doesn't make good sense or even is something acceptable to a lot of people because we would just much rather wish that everything was true, that we were hearing in the media, absolutely true and above board. And there's no reason to have to even worry or be concerned about the problem is truth always emerges up out of the ground in the resurrection, in the presence of everybody. And then the next thing you have to know or do and understand is there is going to be much more public debate and much more critique and much more analysis and a re-evaluating the origin of this virus, as many of us already suspected and had already had the trackings months ago. But, um, you know, having to weed through again the opposition, it's here now. It's in the forefront. Also, Dr. Peter McCullough, I've shared with you just a yeoman's job of explaining some of the very, very bad decisions that have been made around this uh, COVID thing. He's in front and center with uh, with uh, Tucker Carlson. And uh, I'll talk about that on the other side of the break as well, because if you are actually looking for conversations that give you a much more cogent, uh, scientific, uh, medically competent uh, understanding of what's going on, then then you're going to be like many of us are. We are people who don't believe everything that's told us. That's Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. Only the simple and the naive accept everything that's said. The prudent look well to it. It's going, we are those who prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. That's First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. And that's because we understand there are two spirits in the world, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And uh, we have to know how to discern the one and the other and to be able to land squarely on the truth when the evidence emerges uh, solidly enough to uh, affirm our suspicions and to anchor our hypotheses and then to establish our theories. Eventually, truth emerges and the lie that comes out of media, the lie that comes out of government, the lie that comes out of institutions are are turned over, as we've seen it done so many times in the past. It's happening now, which gives me a lot of optimism, particularly in relationship to are we going to have a great summer or what? Are we going to be able to have the sun get out, party, chill, kick back and uh, be happy with one another? I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Anyhow, the number is one 367 5329 This is Money Edition of Lifeline. Paying bills. And then I'm coming right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. Three lines open, one 367 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. one 367 if you have 
some observations, some questions, some comments you want to just kind of help uh, get this train down the road, you can join me on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I was talking about a couple of things. One is just, you know, what the near future holds for us in uh, in, in the United States. Um, you know, a lot of people have gotten the vaccine um, so much for that. And that that should push some of the policies in Washington towards uh, more leniency if, if things are going to work out the way that they are asserting they should work out relative to um, a more vaccines uh, should work out to um, lower uh, COVID sickness. That's their hypothesis, which should open up the door for more freedoms, wouldn't you say? And, and what that would mean to me is, is that in, in particularly with California, uh, as much as we have been probably just one of one of a few of the states that have been maximally engaged in rigorous compliance with their uh, CDC rules, um, we should look at a summer where, you know, we're going to the ball game, baseball game, going to the basketball games. And, and we're in the playoff mode right about now with the NBA. So that'll be over with um, by we by the time we get deep into June, uh, but in preparation for football uh, at the end of the summer. So baseball will be a big thing for some of you who are into hockey and things of that nature uh, and, and other other activities, if you will, um, that 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 it will be a kind of um, a liberation and freedom, hopefully. Uh, on the other hand, there are specters out there that people who care, really care about what's going on with the way this virus is working is concerned about. But what I had said to you before the break was that tr- truth always emerges up out of the fray of opposition and suppression eventually to show itself for what it is, even and notwithstanding all of the incredulity that would occur in the minds of people who just don't like to hear here, here are the facts, uh, quite frankly. But as I was stating to you, Dr. Fauci is, is pretty much ca- caught now. Almost all of your major medias, except the sold out left, recognize that Fauci was indeed caught up in what is clearly understood as gain of function uh, practice, gain of function uh, um uh, experimentation with vaccines in these labs um, for the last 10 years. And in 2000, early as 2015, Obama had to actually shut him down because Obama knew then that there were too many opportunities for virus leaks to occur. And they have and they still are occurring. And uh, for the longest, the media and Fauci and the WHO and others tried to suppress the potential damning link between Dr. Fauci and uh, the Wuhan lab. Uh, and, uh, and and America in relationship to it. But you and I have been talking about how deeply we are entrenched in relationships with China that it would be embarrassing if we had to actually admit how wickedly compliant our uh, governors and senators in Congress have actually been in the pockets of China buying us out on so many levels. Well, uh, Fauci is one of them. And uh, it's it's starting to come out. You can go online and you can see Rand Paul just pressing in on him. Fauci, did you support, did you financially support gain of function practice in these labs when you and many other virologists and we're told clearly how dangerous this is in America, shut it down, but they don't shut it down in places like China. They don't shut it down in other countries where the ethics are totally different, where they don't have a biblical worldview, where they don't believe human beings are created in the Imago Day. Human beings are cattle, human beings are pigs, human beings are guinea pigs and mice to be used any kind of way they want to. This is why some of the outrageous stuff that's going on in China in terms of chimeras uh, is worthy of discussion too, but uh, Fauci is on the uh, he's on the he's on the pushback now. He's he's being exposed, and 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 finally, finally, uh, people can talk about it without it being fully censored now by Google and Facebook and Twitter because they were talking about this a couple of years ago when the when the uh, virus first came out in 2019. But no way did our government want to actually have to admit that there might be a circular correlation and connection to the virus via China uh, on the part of our military, on the part of uh, Fauci 
And, uh, and, and I don't know, maybe Trump knew, maybe Trump knew. This is the sad thing about the right. Uh, one of the realities the right is going to have to live with the fact that uh, Donald J. Trump made some bad decisions when he came into office and he basically, uh, you know, set up the country to be in this particular regiment of vaccine uh, uh, governance right now. He was a big part of the WARPO and uh, all of that that's going to come out of that over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. You guys will hear about it then. Just amazing to me, having grown up in the 60s and been, you know, been basically watching how the narrative of what took place with uh, with Richard Nixon and what took place with John F. Kennedy and what took place with Robert Kennedy and what took place in Cuba with the Bay of Pigs and what took place uh, in, in Vietnam and what took place with Martin Luther King and Malcolm and so many others and what took place with the FBI and the Panthers. You heard all kind of media narratives shaping and informing it. Whenever the left is in power, they have a narrative. Whenever the right is in power, they have a narrative. But eventually, the truth that was always there in the lower echelons of, of media in your peripheral, peripheral media outlets, because freedom is going to leak out Listen to me. Freedom is going to leak out in some of the uh, most uh, uh, unbeknownst places, in the most unfit places, in your smaller media outlets that really don't care about money or don't care necessarily about ideology either is going to leak out. And the beauty of Internet right now, I don't know how long that's going to last, but the beauty of Internet is that there are all kinds of podcasts and uh, and websites now that are devoted to getting the data out for which men and women, if they do their diligence, can assimilate uh a framework for what's been going on and also have a healthy understanding of what's coming down the line because that stuff has been exposed. It has been grabbed. It has been pulled out. Example, before I go to break again, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough was on air with, uh, with, uh, with Tucker uh, and it's called Tucker Today. Uh, you can find it. This is his own little sideline program besides the, uh, uh, the show that he does for Fox News. It was a 45-minute, 29-second masterpiece of uh, Tucker Carlson just asking all the right questions that you would never hear in your major media. All the questions you would want to know. All the questions you would want to know about early treatment, about the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine, about the other combination of early treatment of uh, uh, medications and, and vitamins and nutrients and, and methods by which uh, Dr. McCullough himself has sworn personally having uh, helped thousands of patients uh, uh, easily deal with the COVID thing uh, for which the question why vaccines really becomes a salient one today. Why shut down any option other than vaccines? That's going to come up too. I'm sorry because you see Carl, uh, Tucker Carlson asked all the right questions and Mr. McCullough was able to answer them fully. And he spoke for hundreds and thousands of doctors who have been saying the same thing from the beginning, who have been summarily shut down by your media. And, and probably many of you bought into it as well, but now it's coming out, it's rising to the surface. Now, I, I don't have any uh, disillusions that our major media will do everything it can in hell to make sure the facts don't get out so that we won't actually have a fuller, more broadly uh, dialectical conversation. I'm pretty sure they're going to do all they can to make sure that doesn't happen and that they will keep the wall of partition up, erected, so that those of us who are saying there's another story will continually be villainized as those who are just mere conspiracy theorists without any scientific evidence. And those that are on the other side of that wall will be looking like the clean, pure, as the wind-driven snow, uh, sensible, scientifically driven men and women who correspond with the goodwill of their politicians here in America. These are the, uh, the, 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 the rational people who always have it right. Uh, at some point, however, that middle wall of partition will come down and we will actually be facing a healthy debate and healthy dialogue around these matters, which are so absolutely important to the world. Freedom, 
of speech, freedom of dialogue, freedom of exchange of ideas is absolutely crucial to the truth. You never want the government, you never want your government telling you what to believe and how to believe it. And that if you don't, then you will be punished. You never want that. You never want that. You want to be responsible for making your own mistakes. That's called freedom. Got to take another heartbreak. Pay some bills. Look like the lines are full now. We'll come back and begin to take your phone calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The Apostle Peter says, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. That is, don't say anything false. And his lips, that they speak no guile, let him eschew, avoid evil, and do good, do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. In the Psalms, it's their cry. Why? Because they live in a world that's broken, a world that's unrighteous, a world that basically uh, persecutes and oppresses the truth. This is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter five and six, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that, that is part of the matrix in which you and I are living. And notice this other promise, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And this is kind of what I'm saying about the emergence of truth, how that in the rhythm of redemption, God allows the truth to be trampled under for a while to test every one of us as to whether or not we have an allegiance for it. But then eventually that truth emerges. Why? Because the Lord, his ear is open to the prayers of the righteous and his face is against those that do evil. This is why you and I have to know that the future is bright for the people of God ultimately. There is an absolute optimistic contingency at the doorstep of our future should God hear the cry of the righteous, the tears of the righteous that long for and hunger for thirst and thirst rather for righteousness in this world, because righteousness in this world is an affirmation of the reality of God's stewardship and governance of our world. We don't rejoice in evil. Love does not rejoice in evil. It only rejoices in the truth. It only advocates for the truth. And here's the other promise before we go to the phone lines. And who is he that will hurt you? I love that promise. If you be a follower of that which is good, But, and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are you and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and let, and be ready always to give an answer to everyone that asks you of the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a true apologetic principle that's not confined to the academic realm of debate over classical arguments. This is what the Christian had to be and do in a culture in the Roman Empire where polytheism and henotheism dominated the world and the idea that the one true and living God and his son, Jesus Christ, is the only way, truth, and life was condemnable by death. The believer had to stand and trust that God would ultimately deliver them. And guess what he did? He did. And we're not there yet. We, we don't need to actually inflate and uh, over-dramatize the difficulties that we're having in our world. We're not there yet. And uh, when we will get there, I don't know. I've been teaching our church this as we're dealing with eschatology at GBC. I don't know when that will be. But what I do know is that right now, truth is emerging. I'm loving the fact that I'm hearing about parents pushing back against this critical theory, this critical race theory, this uh, pseudo uh, social justice movement that's been going on ever since COVID with Black Lives Matter, Antifa and other groups that are fundamentally and it's explicitly known now that they are Marxist socialist groups that have no interest in submitting to the truth of the gospel, the word of God, a biblical worldview. I remember back then, you guys remember that, when I was pushing up against that stuff and how Christians would call talking about, I didn't know what I was talking about. And here we are now very clearly aware of the uh, deceitful practices of those movements that were driven by powers that have only one thing to do, deconstruct and tear down 
And that's what it has been doing, not only in terms of our schools, our educational system, our jobs, but also in terms of our churches. Our churches are massively divided across the nation uh, under this uh, false doctrine and pseudo religious fervor on the part of uh, those who are propagating this ideology that basically, again, is a neo-Marxist deconstructionist agenda. You know this is the case. But men and women are rising up and they're opposing it in the school districts, in their schools and in councils and things like that across the nation. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful. And here's the reason why. What makes it beautiful is that in order to actually have a free country, its citizens have to be responsible too. you just have to stand up and speak. You want this country to go to hell? Keep your mask on and don't say a thing. You'll go right. It'll go right to hell. Every nation, every epic, every period that has ever seen any growth, any development, any reset, any advancement, any progress required the prophets to speak out and the priests to pray and the saints as lambs to suffer in order that the wickedness of policies that surreptitiously get pushed through our government by our traitorous, traitorous politicians and on and with God on their side, exposing them for being wicked. And it's intolerable extremist policies become something that the people just can't put up with anymore. And the next thing you know, there's a protest, uh, legitimate, rightful, civil protest on the part of good people. Uh, pushback and strategic uh, approaches to a political solution, not violence, as advocated by BLM and Antifa, not violence and hostility of, of the sort that would disrespect the Imago Day, but a desire for freedom, dialogue, debate and uh, discussion about the facts and let uh, and, and let a, a legitimate form of, uh, of uh, adjudication around the ideas proffered by both sides be weighed out by good men and women. And then let us make policy based upon that. That's what we're crying out for in our country. Two lines open, one 888 So you sisters for your children and you husbands and fathers for your children, stand up and tell those school districts to get rid of this false religion called diversity, inclusion, and equity. It's a false ideological religion that has no basis in the truth whatsoever. It cannot do any good. Uh, it is nothing but an anti-racist reverse slant, if you will, of the old school uh, Jim Crow laws. It's a tit for tat kind of policy. And we already know that you cannot win using a tit for tat. You cannot win using evil to overcome evil. It can never be done. So tell the truth as it is in Jesus and we'll be patient enough to wait for God to actually help us to have the outcome that will glorify him. Got to take another break. When I come back, we will get to your phone calls here on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back the time 555 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Just about done with this first segment. Two lines open. one 329 if you want to call with a question, observation, or comment, one 329 to reach yours truly, Jesse Gistan, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number two and talk with Susie and Sam Mateo. Susie, are you there? Yes, I am. Pastor Jesse, I just want to say praise the Lord because I changed my um, uh, shift just so I could get home in time. And boy, I needed to hear your message. I need some uh, good news. What what is so frightening? But I think in the end, I want your opinion might turn it around because you say there are people hearing the truth, whether it's a gain of function thing, whether it's these terms, uh, critical race theory, et cetera. But I think I think what I found to be so upsetting, but maybe it's the final thing. They, mm-hmm. I don't remember. I grew up like you in the '60s, and I don't remember the use of love as kind of, if, if you, like I said something to someone the other day, she said, you just don't love, you don't care about people, you don't care. They've merged it all. If you talk about climate control or open board, whatever it is, any political thing or the mass or whatever it is, you so don't care, you don't so love, you don't care, you have no compassion. And that's yeah. the first time I've seen that merge, and it's really insidious to me because 
we all know Bible, the, the word love, and, and the two most important commandments, love, and that they're taking that and infusing it, that any kind of, any kind of questioning of anything, you just don't love, and that shuts down the conversation. So I kind of, I needed a little reassurance, but I don't know quite if that's going to bite them in the, the you know what, uh, and, and change things, or whether it's going to make it last longer than it should, because once you convince people they are evil, they don't care about humanity. They don't care if they're questioning anything. They don't care. They don't love people. They don't care. It's very hard to get around that, so I just need a little guidance on that. It's very powerful, and I will actually take that argument and, and draw it back, Susie, to the COVID thing. I'll, I'll tell you what I hear from people who have been trapped by a false emotionalism, mm-hmm. uh, and they would employ that word. They weaponize the word mm-hmm. love, even when it comes to um, the COVID thing. Let's mm-hmm. say, for instance, people have bought the lie that the masks can prevent you from getting COVID. Now, right. the CDC already said it doesn't. Uh The doctors have laid out the argument that you don't want to buy uh, into the notion that somehow you have a shield with the mask. Uh, The analogy that has been laid out by several virologists is that the mask is like a gated fence or a typical gated fence. And you taking a bucket of sand and throwing it up against your gated fence, uh, iron gated fence, and thinking that somehow your gate is going to stop those smaller uh-huh. uh, 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 sand particles from getting through the gate. Well, it's too uh-huh. porous. So is your mask when it comes to the, uh, the, the very small particles of the coronavirus being able to get through the mask and get to people. We already know this because people who wear their mask religiously out of a kind of phobic still end up getting COVID. We know Uh that. But what you have been told is if you don't wear your mask, you don't love people. Uh Um, And and it's grounded in a false understanding of the science or a false application of the means by which we're trying to uh, uh, manage this COVID thing. Uh, in addition to that, it's the same thing being said. If you don't get your uh, vaccine, you don't love people. And uh-huh. that, too, couldn't be any further from the truth because uh-huh. Dr. Fauci has had to admit that the vaccines don't stop you from getting COVID. Right now, there is a very clear trend of people right after they get the COVID vaccine, they are actually getting COVID. Seven uh-huh. players for the New York Yankees have uh, have come down with COVID right after getting the vaccine. What wow. does that mean? People are employing the word empathy and love disassociated from truth and facts. Now, this is how the devil works. He don't mind you loving people as long as your love is not rooted in truth and in facts. Whoa. He wants you to love people according to a lie. And this is why people never really got with Jesus, because once they got past the lovey-dovey Jesus and had to deal with the biblical Jesus mm-hmm. and the and the Hebraic and the Hebraic Jesus and the Torah uh, propriety Jesus, who did not at any point abrogate God's word when it came to the boundaries of love, the boundaries of marriage, the boundaries of sex, the boundaries Mm -hmm. of men and women, the boundaries of heterosexuality, the whole nine yards that all of scripture lays out explicitly, the pseudo lovers who say we need to be empathetic, they strip Mm -hmm. Jesus of his complete allegiance to the word of God and make him just kind of an emotional, if you will, savior who loves everybody the way they are without calling them to the obligation of commitment to the truth. So when you and I challenge people, Uh they're saying that we are loving and unkind, but their premise is flawed. The Uh Bible is clear in 1 Corinthians 13. Love, which is uh, the, the foundation for empathy, does not rejoice in iniquity. Love does not rejoice in what is wrong. In other words, I do not love you if I do not challenge you to get at the truth of the matter behind which you are holding a set of assumptions. So I'm sorry, uh, what you're gonna have to do, Susie, along with the rest of us, Uh is simply put up the shield of faith, Uh take the hit when they they go, you're not loving. Uh And then if you can say, well, I just wanna ask you the question. Do you mean love in spite of addressing the facts or do you mean love 
in in shrinking away from reality? Do you mean what do you mean by love? Do you mean that we we're not actually even uh, uh, free to investigate what's right and what's wrong as a as a conversation? I thought love was a two way street. Wow. That is I really... thought love was a two-way street. I wow. thought if I loved you, that means you would hear me out. And if mm-hmm. you love me, I would hear you out. Now, you know they always want us to hear them out, right? Right, Susie? Right. They want, please hear me out. And and here's what I would, I, this is what I would advocate for, the, uh, for those of us who are believers. We need to mm-hmm. be, a better if we're not at hearing them out. We need to go hold your peace, hear them out. Mm-hmm. Remember what James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and therefore slow to wrath. So I am willing to hear you. I want to hear what you have to say. I really want to see if your argument carries the weight of truth and evidence. And then when you're done, may I speak, please? And if they go, no, then I know you don't love me. Wow. Wow. Well, I hope that's helpful because it's a battle to maintain the tandem uh, virtues of love and truth. Love cannot exist in a vacuum. Love cannot operate in falsehood. The devil is a liar. He never abode in the truth and he is a murderer to boot. And, And because of that, we can never, ever take things like empathy, sympathy, love, Mm -hmm. care, kindness, and hijack them into a traitorous system such as critical race theory or critical theory or Mm -hmm. social justice or diversity, inclusion, equity. All of these are part of the new morality, which is an anti-biblical morality. And we actually have to challenge people on that level. We just have to do that. Love is also brave. In other words, love would be willing to lay down its life to tell you what's right if you would just let me share it with you because we believe that love will win out in the end. But you can never say that we are operating out of a godly love if that love is divorced from the truth. So God, may God give you grace, my sister, to be able to take the hit for Jesus and still be a purveyor of truth in love. God bless you. God bless you. Let me go to line number three and talk with Jermaine in Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Brother Jermaine. Oh, yes, I'm here. Hey, what's going on? Oh, hey. Well, um, I was just curious about, I I guess, uh, how you interpret data. Could that be what's influencing a lot of people's decisions? I mean, I know some folks are just absolutely catering to the government and to whoever seems like an expert, but I see a lot of churches that they seem to kind of become part of the, like the state, almost like in Nazi Germany. I don't want to make it that extreme, but it just seems like they just killed over to do whatever was, was uh, kind of touted to them by the politicians. But I was looking at the data and in places like Texas, they, for the first time had zero reported COVID cases after they went maskless. And it seems to be, you know, dropping all over the, their uh, state there in a lot of places that are following suit. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are, are on that. Are people just kind of interpreting things based on how it's given to them or what's going on? Right. Well, I believe that you have to contextualize the application of the mask in order to see the benefit of it or the detriment of it relative to how we are managing the COVID. So it's contextual. Uh, Obviously, um, if you are in a room that is 600 square feet and you've got 60 people in the room and 10 people are shedding the COVID virus and you actually got to be in the room with them and they're shedding, you want to wear the mask. It's going to have some kind of uh, impedance uh, component to it. Although, uh, as as many virologists would say, you hang in there long enough, there's going to be a viral load that's going to challenge you, too, as opposed to. To, to no mask at all. But what's happening in states like Texas and others, they actually have a better balance on the science. For instance, every day I'm out walking. I love to walk, have to walk, trying to build up my bionic leg now that I have a new hip and I'm walking, you know, a couple miles every day. 
uh, and uh, and I'm seeing people walking and nobody on the block from from Redwood Road all the way up to Proctor going all the way down to the freeway. Nobody on the block but me and them. And here they come. They don't have a mask on. And here I come. I'm not wearing a mask because I'm breathing God's wonderful air. And uh, and and then they put a mask on as they walk by me. And I'm going, you know, you can do that, but that's out of a security measure. It's not out of science. It's not even possible that that individual could even remotely pick up a particle of the coronavirus from me unless they stopped and allowed me to hawk and spit and cough with a fever and major shedding, and they sit there for a good while breathing it in. And so the notion of somehow you can just go get the COVID out in this uh, wide open space that we have here in the Bay Area is utterly un- unscientific. And, and I get it. It's an emotional security blanket. This is why I warned about why people are wearing their mask in the car, why they are wearing it in the house, et cetera, et cetera. There is an appropriate application for a mask, but it is not a shield from COVID under many circumstances. Now, again, in Texas, they dealt with it much more systematically. Peter McCullough, the doctor that I have been lauding, he's from Texas. He told them what they should be doing in, in states that did the right thing by targeting the groups that were more susceptible to the COVID and then letting the young people just go about their business. And many of them already are um, already are post-COVID and therefore uh, organically, naturally antibody maximized. And that's the next conversation we're going to be hearing. Uh, Jermaine, and that's this, the distinctive qualitative difference between natural antibodies and the alleged antibodies that are produced by the gene therapy of the mRNA vaccine. We're going to that that debate is about to come down the line. People are going to hear that the vaccine produces antibodies that are equivalent to your own natural organic antibodies. And, and, and we're going to discover that that just is not true. It's just not true. And uh, and, and it's going to argue for um, God having a natural immune system uh, methodology that cannot be matched by man's artificial intelligence or a synthetic gene methodology, at least at this particular time, point in time. And that if we were to allow young people to simply just endure uh, the, the, the COVID, knowing already that they're going to uh, overcome it to the tune of 99.97%, then we don't have to actually deal with all of the fallout and the implications long term or short term of the injuries that are already occurring with the vaccine, as you already know, but a lot of people don't know and a lot of people don't want to know. And, and we, we're going to have to simply face the science that what's going to really quell and put an end to the uh, virus to some degree, because we still got to talk about the 12 to 14 variants that are out there now, is an organic, natural, biological herd immunity that is a consequence of the young people bearing the capacity to absorb this virus and, and, and put it to a halt, which, again, many of your top virologists are saying we're way past that. We're in the danger zone now of, of COVID being cyclical, COVID being yearly, uh, COVID being perpetual. And, and that's a sad, sad state of affairs, Jermaine, because it could have been dealt with better up front if we weren't just simply given over to wanting to jab people and put the whole world on a vaccine regimen. It's sad. This is what Peter McCullough was saying. This is what so many virologists have been saying concerning this. And so the states that did not succumb to the dictates of, of uh, Master Biden and uh, unfortunately, it was uh, uh, predated by Master Trump, too, with Warple. So he's going to get some credit for this, too. The states that did not succumb to it are doing fine because they know how to manage a virus. We've been doing this for decades. And by the way, I'm going to be over there in Texas in a few days, Lord willing, me and my wife. So I'm looking forward to experiencing the freedom and the radical difference uh, psychologically and sociologically with which they are handling this. And you can be sure God gives me back the following Monday. I'm going to let y'all know about it because you and I are living, uh, us Californians are living in a bubble here under the uh, Washington slash Sacramento dictates that are just below our, our poor brethren up in Canada with the kind of uh, oppressive uh, policies 
and uh, and and narrative that's being pushed on people here, in California. Very sad, very very sad. But uh, as I stated in my opening monologue, uh, Jermaine, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about the future. But what it's going to require is people getting the facts, establishing their uh, footing upon the facts and be ready to fight until the truth comes up out of the ground and delivers all of us who have a love for the truth. We'll be okay. We just got to keep battling it. I'll give you the last word before I let you go. Well, um, if, if you check the stock price of all three of those pharmaceutical companies, each one of them has has or stands to make double digit billions of dollars, and they have so far, and they they project them each one to make at least in the twenty five to thirty billion dollar range. So, I, I think that has a lot to do with it too. Unfortunately, it's not the found. It's not the. It's, uh, I tell everybody, watch out. the The fact that they're going to make billions is substantial, but not really that substantial. It's not, we already know that they conspired to bring this about several years ago. Anybody that really wants the truth knows that the WHO, Fauci, Bill Gates, and many of them have already planned for the implementation implementation of vaccines, and so they already had them in the making. We already know that, but they're not going to enjoy that money. That's not going to be a long lived joy. That money, the money is a small thing for us because I can tell you now that we're dealing with a crisis economically that will make those numbers insubstantial at a uh, non-substantial at a certain point in the future. They're having all kind of cogs in their wheels when it comes to actually these things not rolling out, these things not doing exactly what they want them to do because all they really wanted to do was get the whole world up under a uh, tracking system predicated upon vaccines. It is not quite working out the way that they wanted to do. So the billions are not going to deliver them like the billions didn't save Bill Gates from getting divorced by Melinda. It didn't save Bill Gates from getting unwisely caught up with with, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. It didn't stop him from uh, philandering with women in the office. He's all exposed now, as we always know is the case with people who actually operate as pseudo-saviors of the world, yet they don't even keep their own house correct. Now, this is the nature of wickedness, and this is the thing that people will come to understand. The word of God is right. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. The spirit of error is always speaking lies and hypocrisy. And what men and women have to do is actually challenge the narrative, get behind the faces that are smiling and look at their record, look at their relationship, look at their worldview, look at their policies, even look at their their uh, genealogical makeup, because it's scary that Bill Gates is the son of one of the most infamous eugenics uh, promoters in the world, uh, uh, you know, having backed a Planned Parenthood. And no one wants to talk about this having a component in uh, in population control. But that's going to come out as well, because the powers that have been for a long time, including uh, Schwab, including the Rothschilds, including the Rockefellers and many others have uh, have thought they thought themselves to be smarter than God and that this world can't survive with eight or nine billion people on this planet. But they've got another thing coming. They really do. This is where we can be optimistic, where we're prayerful and prophetic that uh, truth will emerge to make a valiant stand and expose the uh, rulers for their uh, schemes of wanting to control the masses of the people as if we're slaves and that they are our gods. Thank you for the call. I've got to take another hard break. Uh, when I come back, I'll take your phone calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. one 367 Three lines open. one 367 We'll be right back. <laughs> 